All right, welcome to the Love This Journey podcast, which is a little bit business journey, a little bit personal journey, and a lot of bit awkward journey. What are we exactly going to talk about? Well, we are going to talk about journeys through business, careers, and personal successes, and how we didn't lose our marbles along the way. Or did we? (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by Flourish and Grit, an email marketing and customer journey agency. And please don't forget to follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform platform and leave us a review. So I am Emily McGuire. I am going to be your host today. I am the founder of Flourishing Grit and along for this journey, this podcast journey is my co-pilot Shelly Costello. Say hi Shelly. Yo. Yo. That was a (laughs) hi. That was not a hi. (laughs) Shelly said yo so we can move on. Um, and then we are going to be talking about or talking with Karen Bull today, who is the ops manager here at Flourish and Grit. Shelly's the marketing coordinator. So you're getting the full Flourish and Grit team, all three of us, to chat your faces off with how <laughs> amazing we are, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. It is a cold, wintry day here in Michigan. We're all in Michigan. Uh, I know. What's your favorite uh, a snuggly piece of clothing to layer on when it gets Lambs. real? Ooh, it's actually got just this sweater. That isn't a sweater. <laughs> and Shelly is all in on Michigan because she's into flannels now. Yeah, totally. I have so many flannels. I'm going to wear a Did different you... flannel every episode. <laughs> Do it. Did you ever think you'd become a flannel person? Oddly enough, when in Los Angeles, flannels are also very popular. It just doesn't really ever get cold enough to wear them. So um, sweating. you just wear them as like a fashion thing, not as like (laughs) an actual useful tool to keep warm. Do you think tying flannels around your waist is going to come back in? It actually went out. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It went out. That was my thought. It went out. Oh, Well, I've been missing out on wearing my flannel around my waist. The 90s were the best. Uh, I don't know. I still live there. I don't know what you're talking about. I still live there. there. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into talking with Karen today. Like I said, Karen is our ops manager over here at Flourish and Grit. He uh, has spent over 10 years overseeing marketing and operations in fast-growing small businesses. She geeks out on on efficiency, tidy spreadsheets, and helping others achieve their best. Pre-pandemic, Karen loved to travel, but these days she gets her adventure from gardening, watching her daughter grow, and trying desperately to teach your dog to talk with those buttons she saw on Instagram. Welcome, Karen. And I have to know, I don't know what those buttons on Instagram are. They're technically from TikTok, but I see all the TikTok stuff on Instagram. Yes. There is this dog. Well, one person started it. She's teaching her dog to talk with buttons. Uh, Basically, you know, you start with like outside or something like that. But then soon the dog starts understanding like, I am a dog. You are human. We are family. Like the dog can is is expressing these things. Oh uh, no. And like asking questions around them. Like, mom, are you a dog? Okay, no, you're not a dog. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh my so god! I cannot get, but I have a Chihuahua, so <laughs> Chihuahua mix, and uh, she's harder to teach, I think, because the the dog on Instagram is like a poodle something mix. Okay, smart poodles. Dog. Oh, I didn't know poodles were smart dogs. Yeah, they're like the smartest, and I think Chihuahua uh, are probably not the smartest. On the other <laughs> end of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, keep working on it because. I want to see your dog talk and ask you, mom, are you a dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you my mom? Yeah. Um, well, cool. So uh, I want to know, I mean, we're talking professional here, but of course it's always infused with a little personal, well, a lot of personal, right? You can't turn off who you are once you start working. Um, so uh, since you geek out on tidy spreadsheets, I want to know where that journey started. Oh, like way back when I was a kid, really. Um, I, I always, my mom, so I come from a really big family. There's nine children in my family. Whoa. Yeah. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom, sort of like the classic, classic stay-at-home mom. She had everything rocking and she would, of course she wasn't doing this on the computer because it was like the eighties, but she would create her own little spreadsheets for the week, her own little calendar. And I remember watching her do this and then, you know, mimicking it myself, like trying to organize things or, you know, make a plan. Um, and then I even would play like school just so that I could have like a grading worksheet so that I could put like grades and then get an average for every student. And it was just fun to like get averages. That was like my play. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank God for yeah. people like you. Ooh <laughs> Uh, your mom sounds pretty hardcore too. Nine kids. Yeah. Holy crap. That's some hard momming right there. Yeah. 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 But I love that you were like, I'm going to mom too. Spreadsheet. Let yeah. me grade an average. Yeah. You get a B <laughs> minus. You get an A plus. <laughs> yeah. But what I, I really want to hear about is, um, cause I know that you did the digital nomad life for a minute. Yeah. How did that, how did you get I mean, how did you manage to do that, first of all? Yeah, so this was in 2013. Um, I had just left the marketing agency where I was working, and I started working for my brother. He had a travel media company, and he was in Seattle at the time. He had one employee in New York, um, another one in the Philippines, and then I was the fourth employee, and I was in Michigan. No, I was in Chicago, sorry. <laughs> and uh and then it was a remote so it was a remote job and there there weren't as many remote positions back then so it was kind of like new and different and like can I do this um and immediately I was like I gotta I gotta get out of here so I think Ooh. the first thing I did was I went to Mexico oh no I went to New York for like two weeks it was the longest time I'd ever just like gone somewhere uh like for two whole weeks just being there not like on vacation or you know right and uh and then after that I went to Mexico for like a month and then my sister got a remote position as well and we were like let's do this so awesome. we got rid of our apartment and we spent the money that you would normally spend on like rent you know all that you, you spend it on flights and then you get really cheap housing wherever you go by just renting like a room you know on Airbnb somewhere mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so Financially, it was like, you know, you're traveling the world, but it's totally possible. It's not like you have to be, you know, 
Right. Well, like a and, jet or anything like that. I mean, is there any other way <laughs> to yeah. travel than private jet? I, mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hadn't thought about that before the like, oh, well, you're just going to spend your rent budget mm-hmm. on travel. And that that makes so much sense. I'm so jealous. And I'm so glad that you got that um, that experience in because so many people and I, I'm, I'm talking about other people, not myself here very jealous (laughs) yeah it was Uh, it was the time of my life one of the times of my life yeah so when did you make the transition from marketing to operations or were you did you just sort of do the operations and marketing and move on so this is like the big uh, part of my journey from the beginning has been sort of this like swapping between things so even when I was in uh college I was getting I have a fine art degree. I started out doing fine art and then, and then I was like, no, I'm going to do communication. And I just ended up double majoring. So I just like couldn't decide. And I'd already, it's already in so far with uh, the fine art. And then I immediately started working in operations right out of college. And then I got an operations role within a marketing agency. And then that turned into like project management, account management. And then I was a digital strategist. And then I went into marketing uh, with my brother in travel media and then back to operations because after working for my brother, it was like, oh, I just, I can't go work for the man. I've got to find something else that's, you know, uh, that I feel is strong about. Hmm? Damn the man. Yeah. I was like, it's got to be something that matters and uh, food. I've always been interested in food. So then I went and worked for the brinery. And that was, that's, I mean, that's where you learn operations is manufacturing. That's oh like yeah. But... So complex layers and layers of pricing, layers and layers of supply chain, yeah. layers and layers of customer levels. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot of so detail. fun. Mm-hmm. So many spreadsheets. <laughs> I would imagine. Do you dream about spreadsheets, Karen? I, I do. I dream in yeah. Excel, actually. I, I'm not lying. I've had dreams where I'm inside Maybe. Excel cells. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Yeah. When That's I waited so- tables, I used to have dreams about waiting tables. So I was just curious mm-hmm. if it translates to <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, totally. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Um and it's, but I didn't realize that you double majored in communication and what was the, and fine art. Fine art painting. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny because I majored in communication and creative writing. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to have the both sides. Mm-hmm. So um, if anybody else is on like a similar path as you where they're sort of, you know, um, flipping between role types or trying to figure out how what they geek out on fits into their careers what advice would you give to people who are on a similar path i would say be careful about the talents that are showy so art is a really showy talent everyone mm. sees it and it's really celebrated especially when you're young people mm. really are like you can draw <laughs> and then it's like oh i I'm a drawer and uh, <laughs> uh, and that can confuse you and uh, especially early on when you're trying you know that's why I majored in it because I thought that was my thing um, 
a talent like being good at organizing things in a spreadsheet is way less showy. It's less visible. It's way less celebrated. It's way less celebrated for women too, I think. It's like, it's just not as exciting. Um, <laughs> nobody's like, wow, you're really good at being a manager. It's like, no, nobody wants to be a manager, but yeah. that is what your talent is. And it is kind of where you geek out and what's fun for you. Then you have to just know that inside yourself. And you can't rely, you just can't rely on feedback from other people to tell you like, yeah, and, and, and just watch out. What are those talents that you have that are showy and that are maybe getting more attention from other people? And maybe it makes you think that it's more important to you than it is. You have to just sort of separate yourself and, and think about what's really fun when you're sitting down for an eight hour day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great advice. Cause that's like, you know what um you know we all have these grand visions of who we're going to be when we grow up and of course we're going to gravitate to the more you know like sexy things like mm -hmm. i want to be an actor or a baseball yeah. player or an artist mm -hmm. but you know nobody's talking about you know don't you want to be a project manager when you got <laughs> don't you want to be a bi analyst uh -huh. you know like when you grow up people are like accountant teacher you know <laughs> and it's just those are the most simple or not simple but most visible roles i think that right. everybody knows about right yeah it, it actually occurred to me recently that accounting would be a total like match for me mm -hmm. I, I haven't done it i might in the future but but it's to it would i would love it but of course, if you had told me 10 or 15 years ago, like, right. you should think about accounting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me? Who do you, yeah. uh, have you met yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my sister uh, got, she's an account, well, she got her degree in accounting and a master's. Now she does BI, um, dev mm -hmm. and analytics. That's, and it's that like, so I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she really geeks out on it. And I'm like, ooh, I kind of like that too. But um, no, that's such a good piece of advice. Like just because it's showy or or more visible or more celebrated doesn't mean that it has to be your calling. Um, and I, it's you know, I do enjoy art. That also makes it confusing because it's like, well, yeah. I do like it. Yeah. Yep. Is it what I want for a career? Does it meet? Does it check all the boxes? Yeah. Right. Well, and you don't need to turn every passion into a career or right, right. the way you make your money. Like that's a whole other level of pressure that yeah. for some people can remove uh, or yeah, totally negate the pleasure of that work. And right. yeah, I, I, I hate the saying, follow your passion because <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't want to ruin my my creative outlets or yeah. my passions by monetizing them that's a whole other ball of wax so so what would you say um what values guide your work in order to maximize success it sounds kind of weird to say that about spreadsheets but we all have sort of the primary baseline that we approach all of our work so i'm curious what's yours yeah, I like this question because it, uh, it makes me think uh, in a way that I guess I didn't, it like sort of illuminates something I didn't realize that I think I approach everything. There's a saying about giving advice um, that you should approach it like a surgeon where you make the smallest cut to do the mm. most good. 
And I think I approach everything that way. I'm trying, it's, it's not totally the 80, 20 rule. I'm trying to get like hundred percent of what I'm doing, but with the, the most efficient, um, cut. And especially if, if I'm in a role, you know, as a manager, sometimes feedback can be hard to give people or things like that. Um, so I'm trying to do the most good with the least harm all the time. And, but it, it, it comes back to also just like efficiency. Like I want to get, maximize what I'm getting done here and and make the least mess. I love that. Um, yeah, can you, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Can you repeat that thing about the surgeon? What, what was the line about the surgeon again? Oh, I wish I actually knew what it was, but it was, <laughs> you want to make the smallest cut, you know, in order to have the, the greatest uh, impact to the patient's yeah. health. Whatever. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, that's funny because um, for me, I've, I notice I am like an idea generator. Like I can just be like, oh, have you tried this, try that, try this, try that. And it's not helpful uh, to dump 10 ideas or pieces of feedback on people because that's overwhelming. That's too much. Mm -hmm. And so like keeping um, thinking about the one thing, what's the one thing you can focus on that will... Um, that will make the biggest impact is brilliant. Mm. I'm stealing that. I want it, I want a cross stitch of that, <laughs> whatever that surgeon quote is. Yeah. Um, so what has inspired you throughout um, your professional journey? Um, and like, really, it sounds like you've been through a whole process of, um, you know, just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean you need to make a living from it. Mm -hmm. And like, what are my skills and how do I, how do I max or how do I um, make a career out of those things that I enjoy? Right. Um, so what, what has, what has inspired you along the way? Um, a couple of blogs that I follow. Well, there's Mark Manson. He's the, are you familiar with him? He's the millennial Tony Robbins, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Is he the guy, <laughs> the subtle art of not giving a fork? Yeah. 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 Um, he's got a really good article. I can't remember the title of it, but it, it has to do with making big life decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and I really liked the criteria. And one of the things, and it was sort of um, that article that made me realize that art maybe wasn't so important to me because it was, well, anytime you're making a decision, make sure you remember to evaluate how it affects your reputation. Because that is affecting how you're making decisions. And you want to pretend like you're above it all and I don't care what people think, but you're a human being. We live in tribes, you know, we evolved in tribes. We're going to care what people think. It's okay. Be, you know, make sure you shed light on that. So Mark Manson and then, um, wait, but why it's my absolute favorite blog. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Um, he just goes, it's these really long form blog posts where he goes really deep on a topic. And it'll be like some obscure thing that you're like, do I really understand that? I don't think I do. I hear about it in the news all the time. I know it's important, but do I get it? And he will make you get it with stick figure drawings. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love so that. That's my favorite <laughs> blog. And, that, and he's got a, a really good article about choosing a career. And mm. he's got a little picture of like an octopus. And each of the different legs has different values on it. And it helps you realize like, okay, these are the things that matter to me when I'm making decisions or, or 
just choosing my life path, these little different, different legs are important to different people, different things. I love that. Um, That's cool. And then of course, Dolly Parton always inspires me in every way. Dolly. Yes. <laughs> of course. I've got a little sign right on my wall above my computer that I'm looking at right now that says, pour yourself a cup of ambition. Mm-hmm. Just a Dolly Parton quote. Um, she yeah. is really cool. Uh, well, we will definitely uh, grab those. We'll go find those links to those two inspiring um, articles and put those in the show notes. Uh, so now is the best part of the segment, which is our rapid fire questions. And I'm going to hand that over to Shelly um, to put Karen on the spot. Just our fun questions so we get to know her a little bit more. Go, Shelly. Don't be afraid, Karen. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Okay, here we go. Question number one. What is your go-to karaoke song? No es una novela by Munchie and Alexandra, but it's because I only sing karaoke at Christmas in the Dominican Republic with my husband's family. So very specific requirements for karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, were, I, I think the last time I sang it here was like 20 years ago. But if I sang <laughs> here in the States, I'd probably choose Ace of Bass or NSYNC or Baxter Boys. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are okay. <laughs> We're gonna have to get I her to a bowling alley for some karaoke. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when it, yeah, when we can go to, or when it's- the are gone. Is it hard to yeah. sing through a mask? I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that you have a, this is my Dominican Republic <laughs> uh, karaoke song. And then everywhere else, we'll choose the piece. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with Ace Bass. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, what are you binging right now? Show, podcast, book, music? Oh, well, I just watched um, Cruella and I did it binge style because I've got a six-month-old baby. So I can't watch anything for very long. So I had to like come back to it. So I felt like I was binging it. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? Was it good? I haven't seen it yet. You know, it, I heard it got bad reviews, but I really liked it. Hmm. Well, I'm easy to though, I think. Karen gave it the thumbs up. Go watch it. <laughs> um, okay. If you win the lottery, what is the most frivolous thing that you are buying? Frivolous. Yeah. I can't be like generous, not giving. Yeah. Um, tulip bulbs. I'm sorry. What? Tulip bulbs? Tulip bulbs. Yes. <laughs> I thought you meant, I thought you were saying two lip bulbs i was like what's a lip bulb no no the flowers i'm gonna get a bunch of bulbs and get them in the ground oh that's what you would do i mean frivolous (laughs) (laughs) no no that's not frivolous karen try again no that's not (laughs) acceptable unacceptable (laughs) yeah extravagant like a yacht oh yeah uh, I would, I would take a cruise. I've never been on a cruise. I would do like oh, one of the okay. crazy cruises like from like California to Alaska or something. Oh, that would, would be like, cool. Have a whole yeah. boat for yourself. There you oh, go. Yes, private <laughs> cruise. Is that a thing? Sure. Private cruise? Probably. You got enough it's money to do it. I think yeah. anything is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> anything is a thing. Um, oh. Okay, uh, if you're on a desert island and you have the option to bring three things with you. What are they? Oh, first thing that came to mind was my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, okay, two. Oh, see now I'm like, well, I only have three family members. So my husband, my dog, and my baby. Does that count? 
<laughs> no. Okay. That's too obvious. Too different. Right. Okay. Three things that I bring on a desert island. I need my phone, my phone charger, and my earphones. My earphones. There you go. Okay. You got it. You got everything. You got it. Just call somebody. <laughs> pick you up. I hope there's an outlet. I hope there's an electrical outlet for the charger. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like some sort of, yeah, like a, a mill, whatever those things. <laughs> yeah, like you have solar power or you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> on that desert island. Um, okay, you can only eat one food again for the rest of your life. What is Blueberries. It? Blueberries. That was quick. Oh, you didn't even have to think about it. Blueberries. Why blueberries. They're the best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're, the they're like tasty they taste good they're like super healthy they're amazing i love it blueberries you passed i would never uh, it was a little rocky there for a second you passed yeah i make a lot of tulips though i'm talking like a, like unreasonable amount of tulips okay just the whole yard is tulips yeah that would be kind of cool oh, i love that just tulips all right, yeah, it's time. For, uh, that's the end of our interview portion. Time for us to wrap up. Thanks again for Karen for coming on the podcast, even though you didn't really have a choice because I made you. <laughs> I had a choice. Um, how can, uh, if you want people to connect with you online, this is totally an option. Where <laughs> can people find you? I would say my LinkedIn. Okay, go find Karen on LinkedIn. The other stuff is just baby photos. So. <laughs> I mean, that might be, I know, yeah. people might be into it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, for more episodes like this, don't forget to uh, hit subscribe. Please like and review uh, on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And you can find the three of us at flourishgrit.com because we work together. There's, these two are stuck with me. <laughs> Come find us at flourishgrit.com. And thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Bye.